0: Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, whatever time you are tuning in. Welcome to Homesteading and Gardening in the Suburbs. I'm Emma from Misfit Gardening and today we're talking about setting priorities and goals for the new homestead because um, if you haven't been a regular listener um, you may or may not know that we are actually moving. So we're going to be moving to the beautiful uh, New England um, and as part of that we have bought a new property and um, this is really the first time that we're actually kind of talking somewhat in depth about the homestead that we're moving to. Um, and today I'm joined by my dear, wonderful husband, who you guys have heard me talk about on the show. So say hello, Chris. Hello, Chris. <laughs> and um, yeah, I just kind of wanted to kind of talk about some of the priorities and goals that we have for the new property. Now, I've kind of come with a little bit of a list. I like to plan. I'm one of uh, nature's planners and warriors so um, you know I thought this would be an interesting episode for us to talk about because wh- one of the things is you know as we're recording this it's the end of September but this is going to be going live um, after we've moved and uh, what's the first thing that comes to mind when we're moving to Maine in the middle of October?
1: Uh, possibility of severe cold weather yeah winter
0: right um so there's there's a number of things that we're going to need to um think about and get done before uh the cold weather arrives so i guess the first thing is what absolutely needs to be taken care of
1: well we have to make sure that our furnace works and the Fireplaces are up to snuff.
0: Yeah, right. Because we don't want to, we don't want to freeze. So there's what the three basic things like water, food, and shelter, and some of the things that we've kind of stumbled across as we've been going through this process of, you know, purchasing a house on property is um things that we have kind of taken for granted living in the suburbs are not things that you get out in in the sticks so i guess the first one let's talk about the water because that's pretty pretty gnarly
1: we have a well and the well has some issues
0: yeah so that's a good way to put it um so our well has got really high bacteria count not a a good bacteria count either um so we've got to do some treatment there but more alarmingly um and actually this is weirdly exciting for me because i actually get to use my background in chemistry finally um but
1: (laughs) finally i thought you were going to turn me into soap I love you. (laughs) I love you too. That was a joke, by the way.
0: (laughs) Oh, dear. Um, So now you guys listening in can kind of get an insight into what our lives are like. but um no our our well has come back as being high for certain heavy metals arsenic in particular and for those of you that are tuning in from new england this probably isn't a surprise because you have it naturally occurring from you know the rocks and stuff that are out there but you know for us coming from um you the know southwest. yeah the southwest it's, it's not something that we typically need to worry about and coming from living in in a town in the suburbs right the water and everything is all off the mains like we don't really need to worry about it but now we're going to be moving to a well um you know things are are a little different so we've got to have some remediation done to be able to use the water and um i guess at the minute i mean certainly where we are in utah like you can't get bottled water for love nor money. Like everything's kind of got limits on how many that you can purchase. So um, I I don't know, like I'm a little concerned moving um, to Maine that we're going to be running into some of those same issues, especially when we don't have another source of water we can rely on.
1: Well, I'm not too worried about it because, again, you have a background in chemistry. I have an amazing bunch of brewing equipment we can distill our own water if need be
0: yeah but you know these are things that like we need to actually remediate and get appropriately fixed with a system
1: right and there are plenty of companies out there that will help us do that
0: yes that's true so i mean for for us it kind of depends on like what level of risk you're willing willing to go with right um obviously like just boiling the water when you've got heavy metals and stuff in it is not going to fix the issue um, because they actually remain in there and when you're boiling boiling the water you're actually concentrating the levels that are in there so that's not a good method to use um however if we just had the bacteria issue then boiling the water would be okay um so there's there's a remediation issue that we've got to uh, deal with with that um shelter you kind of alluded to a little bit with with the um the chimneys and stuff what are some of the other things that we're gonna have to look at
1: well a, a couple of things that you know when you're when you're living not on a uh, city grid you have to deal with out in rural areas obviously uh, besides for well water we have a septic system and not a city sewer system so oh, yeah we have to be careful about our gray and black water usage and how much we're depositing onto the land uh, we also found out that our leach field um, needs to be completely rebuilt.
0: Yeah, it's it's shot. It's totally... It's old. Like, typically, septic systems last about 30 years. Leech fields are about 15. But after talking to the company that did the inspection on uh, the septic and the leech field, um, they reckon that this thing is, like, 50 years old. <laughs> so, um, that's going to be fun because... Um, you know how our land is orientated is the the properties at the top of the hill and then we've got three acres kind of going downhill and i'm pretty sure we all know how things roll it's downhill
1: yeah and just uh get a background into uh, septic systems the tank itself is fine it's made of concrete um, it's not one of the steel ones that need would need to be replaced no. after about fifty years. We've
0: got a little bit more use out of it. We've got
1: yeah, we've got a few more years of use out of it., uh, the pipes from the house to the septic tank are fine. It's the pipes that go from the septic tank to the leach fields and the distribution box. That's what needs to be squared away. And we're having to try to see if we can't get this done before the, the ground freezes.
0: Which, I mean, uh, we're in an interesting situation because there's not a lot of um, time, really, before, you know, winter's really on the way. So there's there's a few things that uh, are a little um, uh, worrisome, I think. Um, and, well, I guess there's wor- worrisome, but also that they're not cheap fixes. We've got some serious, like... You know, expensive fixes to do, but I guess the the upside is once once they're done, we're kind of set up. Like we don't, you know, once once those fixes are done for the the water in the well and the septic like we're not having to pay like a monthly water fee or a monthly you know sewage fee or anything like that from from the city and i don't even know if we're even going to have a curbside pickup like that's all stuff we got to figure out when we get to where we're going
1: we do have a curbside pickup i found that out just the other day
0: oh well that's good at least um but you know if you're considering moving to a property that's further out like how are you going to take care of your garbage Like, I know that there's other homesteaders that are in different states and they take things, you know, to the transfer system to do them themselves. But that wasn't something that we'd necessarily like thought about when we were um, house hunting. So, let's talk about um, how our house hunting actually went because how we came across this house that we're, you know, now progressing with um that we're going to be moving into um that was kind of an interesting story i think um but before we get to that let's talk about some of the houses that we looked at when we were house hunting
1: you mean ran away from
0: yeah maybe you should (laughs) explain these stories better than i
1: well one house in particular comes to mind it was uh, a house that was built in 1799 And served as the town's tavern for a few years. (laughs) It was, I mean, from the pictures, it was actually kind of nice looking. It was a three-story, you know, shaker-style house, uh, wooden exterior. And then... uh,
0: Beware of photos. Always beware of photos.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it was kinda like being catfished by a house.
0: <laughs> That's a polite way of putting it. I think.
1: This place oh my you know gosh. bragged about how it you know, it was old and it was historical and it had a cauldron and secret rooms. So that piqued my wife's interest. Um we <laughs> we went to the house with the real estate agent. She did not know because it was, I guess, listed through another agent so we walked through the door and immediately we were hit with the wonderful aroma of mouse feces and urine mold and uh, a plethora of other not so wonderful smells
0: yeah, I guess that's that's uh, one of the better ways to put it. It was it was pretty gnarly. Like you opened the door, and you could just smell the rodents. It was it was pretty bad. But the fun didn't stop there, did it?
1: No, it did not. Um, most of the ceiling on the main floor was coming down. Uh, there was significant creaking when I walked across the floor, which. Gave me pause to think, am I going to fall through into some hellscape of a basement? <laughs> I don't know. So let's be careful where we tread. And it just got worse as I progressed up the stairs.
0: Yeah, there was there was rooms where they'd obviously um, kept an animal we think a dog in the room because solid oak doors had been scratched almost all the way through and part of the the wall as well and it was it was really quite sad to see that like and then there was there was a kid's room that had the same kind of thing happen in it and it was just I don't know it was just felt very sad I mean you know as the house went it was it was beautiful very spacious like there was you know it was on a good aspect for the land I mean the driveway was a little dicey because it was on a blind corner, but
1: right at the apex of a yeah, blind
0: yeah, corner. right at the acon uh, yeah the the acorn of a corner <laughs> blind. <Apex. corner. laughs> oh my gosh, I need more coffee today. Um, but I mean, it, it was the attic for me that was the most miserable.
1: Well, you guys weren't there <laughs> when I opened the door. um Apparently, the person that was selling the house thought it would be hilarious to dress a skeleton up as a vampire and put it right on the inside of the the attic door. I opened up the door, not realizing this, and my Marine Corps training took effect, (laughs) and that poor skeleton never spoke again.
0: (laughs) But it didn't just not speak again. I mean, in, in the attic, there was just, there was piles of bat feces, like,
1: literally literally
0: piles piles. there was loads of it so and this was like right next to a kids room it was it was really really sketchy um and pretty pretty dicey and then we went to look in the basement well you went to look in the basement but it was all flooded
1: out and yeah i don't know if anyone has ever seen the conjuring 2 um but it's pretty comparable (laughs) to the basement in there and i was pretty sure something was going to come up and grab me
0: Yeah, so, th- th- I mean, this house might have been a really great, like, horror movie set for James Wan's next, next movie. Um, oh, without a doubt. <laughs> but um, it, was, it was pretty sketchy, and, you know, we were... I don't know, I was really disappointed, because we, we really liked it, at looking at the photos. But, um, you know, let's, let's talk about another, ha- another house that we looked at, which looked beautiful from the photos, but it, was another...
1: It was a very beautiful Georgian uh, colonial... That was built, I believe, in 1800. Yeah. And uh, nestled into a nice, uh, scenic neighborhood, uh, semi-rural, mm-hmm. uh, in a prominent part of New Hampshire.
0: Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, it was. It was lovely. Like the area was lovely. Like we drove around the neighborhood a lot. Like we really liked it. And it was on. That one was on two acres.
1: It, it, it was one of those, what did they say, it was beautiful from afar, but far from beautiful as you got closer. Oh, uh,
0: well, the inside, yeah. Well,
1: I mean, because we all both, once we realized what we were looking at, saw the roof, saw the cracks in the chimneys. Oh,
0: yeah. Yeah, uh, so, so the roof had caved in and needed fully replacing. Um, there was floorboards that were rotted out. Um, the realtor that we met at that place went into the basement to have a look. And when I asked, like, how's it look down there? Thinking it was you, (laughs) I was like, hey, babe, how's it look down there? Like, Chris is upstairs, like, looking up in the attic or whatever. And the realtor's like, well, this is everything that you'd expect from a murdery basement and so much more. Like, I mean, that thing had just... It had asbestos and all sorts of issues with it. So it was just... Like, sketchy, again. But it, it looked really beautiful and, and had some really nice features. And
1: again, um, talking about photos lying, um, on the main floor in the, I guess, what would be considered the living room or parlor or, I, I, I don't know what they called it back then, but the, the place where you'd sit down and relax at the end of the day by the fire, um, the floor was um, concave. I guess the best way to explain it is, like, if you stood in the middle of the room, you were a good four inches lower than when you were standing at the walls of the room. And in the pictures, they had literally photoshopped a floor over the picture. Yeah,
0: because there was a bunch of stuff in there, too. So they'd, like, all the stuff was in you know in in the room and they just photoshopped like a fake floor to cover all the stuff that was on it it was kind of weird so yeah those were some sketchy ones um there was another property that we looked at that was that was just infested with rats and mice as well um you know and and we were looking sort of semi-rural so we expected there to be you know some mouse or rats and stuff kicking about but not to the level that that we we saw so let's talk about the house that we're actually gonna get because I don't did you find this one when we were looking on you know on, on the house moving app or
1: are we not allowed to say the name of it probably
0: not app? no okay.
1: yeah a popular house moving app um,
0: that rhymes with a popular tree that likes to grow near water and also a really like I don't know semi popular 80s movie
1: Starring Warwick Davis yeah. and Val Kilmer. <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, um, so, yeah, um, Emma came across this house and she was looking at it. And the weird part was I was actually at work on a break and I came across the same house. And for some reason, it just kind of spoke to us. Um, Yeah, you can't really describe it. She sent me a text saying, hey, check out this house. And I was like, that's weird because I was just looking at this house. And the more we looked at it, the more we fell in love with it just from the pictures. And we were like, let's see what it looks like in real life, though, because, you know... (laughs) (laughs) things can happen
0: and and this one was a long drive from where i'm going to be working so this this is a pretty pretty long commute About
1: an hour and a half commute yeah
0: yeah yeah one way um so you know it wasn't you know sort of right up there on the top of the list but you know this this place just kind of spoke to us so it's a 1790s colonial farmhouse correct um
1: with an attached workshop <laughs> so
0: obviously Chris is really happy about the wood shop being attached to it. Um there is uh what can only be described as a mystery shack random three story barn on it that heaven well i mean we don't know, <laughs> know yet we weren't able to fully explore it when we when we looked around the property
1: youtube channel pending
0: yeah right that's that's gonna be um a fun thing for you guys if you want to kind of see more about the homestead that's um something that we're going to be going be doing but um yeah i mean the the property's not without its faults i mean it is an old house right
1: yeah there was a lot that needs to be done in, in the way of restoration but the thing is it was it was a bunch of little things it wasn't like major things well the water and the septic's pretty pretty major i'm talking about structurally oh the sill plate well well, yeah there's a piece of sill plate that needs to be replaced and some siding on the side of the house that needs to be replaced as well but i mean like i said there's i mean little things Mm. uh that but there was nothing that would prevent us from moving in right away yeah that's
0: true it's not like you've got to shovel out a load of bat guano or right, anything it didn't
1: have any smells
0: yes yeah, that's, that's true it didn't have like ho- horrific smells and stuff go on
1: the cool thing about this house the, the, the thing that i fell in love with is number one the kitchen area but uh in the house itself it has a huge chimney and i was like why does it have such a big chimney, and then when you go into the main part of the house, you're like, oh, on the ground floor has three separate rooms, each one of those rooms has a fireplace tied into the main trunk of the chimney. Yeah. One of cool. which has one of those, what we call, beehive ovens, which I think are pretty awesome, and a crane for putting your cauldron on. Yeah,
0: it's got, like, the original stuff on it. So um, that, that was pretty pretty cool. So there's, there's a lot of, like, really awesome features and stuff with the property. But that's, I mean, that's not really the only thing. I mean, like, the, the land itself just felt right. Yeah. Yeah. And one of the things my grandmother always said to me was, the land will tell you when you're meant to be there. And I kind of got that feeling for this place. So, you know, 8 uh, not 18 acres. Oh, my gosh, that would be terrible. It- Three point
1: five acres
0: yeah yeah about three and a half acres is is what we've got um it is mostly sloping it is a the property itself south facing um but the garden and everything's kind of on the north side
1: and just so when you say it's sloping it's not like a a severe slope it's a gradual slope. yeah it's so a gradual slope it, it's not like you could put a ball in the yard and it'll roll down to the bottom of the, the property
0: no but it might be a good sledding
1: no, it's no? Not, not that steep. Is I mean, it not? There, there's that one area that kind of dips down right towards the end. Oh, yeah. But that's just because uh, just past our property line, there's a creek bed.
0: Oh, I did not know that. So, you know, there's, there's a few things that... Um you know, we're kind of going to play into how the garden's going to look. Um, and that's kind of one of the next points on, you know, we kind of talked a bit about there's some absolute fixes that we need to do on the property, right, to make sure that, you know, everything's all fine, we're safe, and all that good stuff. Um, fencing is one of the things that I wanted to talk about because we have four dogs.
1: Four very energetic dogs. Even though one of them happens to be 16 years old, he still thinks he's four
0: right he's actually like sleeping by our feet as we're recording this but um you know that's that's one of the things that um e- i mean depending on your situation may or may not become more of a, a necessity with with a homestead so i would say like having appropriate fencing's pretty up there for us because you know we don't know the wildlife situation we don't we definitely don't know our neighbors or anything and uh You know, I mean, where I lived in in New Jersey, like, we had bears wandering on the property. We had deer and all that good stuff. So, what's your thoughts?
1: Well, I'm not too worried about neighbors because, you know, people tend to be able to understand you when you say, hey, you're on my property. Mm. Plus, you know, on one side of us, our neighbors are all dead. It's a cemetery. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) Unless you're talking about spectral visitors. And then, well, you know, you get the salt... (laughs) You open up the book. You light a couple candles. You say the incantations.
0: Oh my gosh! This this is not a supernatural episode. My bad.
1: So I should just unload all those rock salt rounds I have.
0: Right, right. Cancel Sam and Dean visiting. Okay, okay. but no fencing is something that we are definitely going to be needing to have put in. Um, in some capacity. We're obviously used to um you know, living in the suburbs, we have a fully fenced backyard. You know, we're used to letting the dogs out to go piddle and not having the supervision. When I first moved to the States, I, I mean, my dogs were always on leashes when we had to take them out and didn't have, um, you know, fencing or anything. And you know, it was it was kind of a pain. So we're going to have to look at having some level of temporary fencing. And, you know, there's different options for that, right? There's electric fencing. There's, you know, the chain link fencing. Like, whatever we figure out, it's going to have to be something. Probably it's going to be down and dirty to start with. We'll look to improve later on. And that's typical of homesteading, right? You kind of do something that's a bit makeshift in the beginning. And then you work to make it better and improve as we go along, right?
1: That's correct, you make do with what you have,
0: yeah. what's your grandfather saying?
1: Uh, use it up, wear it out, make it do or do without
0: right and you know there's there's a lot of like cool stuff that's you know on that property that we're gonna get to <laughs> um take a look at and and see if we can bring it back to life, use it again or you know turn it into something else so there's there's some exciting stuff there, but
1: can i can I can i can i can I say it? Go on. All right. So, uh, for those of you that don't know who I am that much, but I I tend to be a woodworker. And the owners reached out to us and told us that they would like to leave all the wood from the 1800s that wasn't used in the barn if that was okay. So, I'm I'm just going out of my minds because if it's pre-1800s or early 1800s, there's a possibility that all that unused timber and lumber that's in the barn is American chestnut, which is now extinct
0: or almost extinct it's very expensive to get hold of it's like crazy crazy prices on top of yes. like crazy wood prices anyway but yeah it, it, he's uh I, you can't see him because we're not recording this with a video but he's grinning like a cheshire cat right now he's so excited to get out there and all look at the it.
1: thoughts and plans in my head of what i could do with some of that wood
0: I know he's got quite the honey-do list, unfortunately. But let's talk about the garden because there's a few things that we're going to need to need to do. And the first thing, of course, is um, seeing what we already have on the property, right? Like that's something that we need to do because there's going to be things that are going to be buried under overgrown shrubbery and stuff that we don't necessarily know about. Like I know that there was a bit of an orchard there, but I don't really know quite what trees were in it because I wasn't able to kind. of really check that out when we were there looking at the property
1: well yeah and now we'll be able to really do a good survey of the land and decide what do we want to use what do we want to get rid of what do we want to shore up what do we want to you know do without
0: yeah that's true and you know the current um owners they have like a little herb garden off to one side and you know, depending on, you know, things like where the septic's going to have to move to and stuff like that. You know, once we get those major things done, then we've got a little bit more like scope to play with things because right now I'd hate to put in a garden only to then have to move it all because the septic systems, like the leech field's got to go in it. So there's, there's something to be said for patience which I am horrible at like I am not a patient person
1: absolutely not
0: (laughs) by any means of the word like i think the the word impatient probably has my photo next to it really because i'm quite an impatient person but you know when it comes to doing something like this on a bigger scale there is absolutely you know something to be said for taking that time to get some of these bigger pieces fixed and then look to putting in the garden Yes. So, you know, some of the things that we need to look at is how does the water move on the property? And as Chris mentioned...
1: It moves downhill.
0: Well... Not just that, but there's, there's a creek or a brook or something like just past our property that I didn't know anything about. So how that water is going to move from our land and down and what that's going to do to the bottom of the land, like that needs to be taken into consideration, right, for how the garden beds then go. Because we were talking about terracing, weren't we?
1: It all depends. I mean, because that land, like I said, it's such a gradual slope. I think over the course of the, you know, was it 200 yards to the back of the property from the house, Mm. you only drop about eight feet.
0: I know. We can definitely look at that, though. But, you know, if you've got like a significant slope, then you definitely need to terrace your property. Otherwise, you're just going to be continually washing soil away. So that's not going to help things grow. And the other thing is, where is the sun?
1: The sun goes across the southern portion of the sky from east to west
0: well thanks for that babe but i mean like on in terms of the property like you know what what trees are going to be leafing out what's going to be casting shade how big is that you know shade going to be like what's the areas that have the most sun because we're moving to a shorter season area which means that like getting certain plants in that Spot where it's always sunny is going to be key, right? Like your tomatoes, your hot peppers.
1: We can grow hot peppers in Maine. I don't know. that's why i'm building
0: your greenhouse right 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 and then there's there's other things like that right we already know that we're going to be needing a greenhouse for certain you know things to be able to grow that we love so you know making sure that those things are put in the the right position on the property so they can use the maximum amount of sunlight so as much as i hate to say it there's going to be a lot of like you know observation that's got to happen on the property to be able to use it to its you know best potential
1: that doesn't mean we're not going to be growing anything it's just we're not going to be going full tilt boogie until about a year or so after we've been on the property yeah so we know what are the winters like what are the springs like how often does it rain how often Mm. will we need to water so i mean there's a lot of variables at play so we need to be patient (laughs) and see how this plays out
0: Let's talk about chickens. So chickens were one of those things that were quite high up on the the list for the homestead.
1: Yeah, but I'm not worried about chickens until at least next summer or spring.
0: But we, we were talking about having, you know chickens being a you know i mean they're they're an easy source of protein right and part of our strategy for the homestead particularly the garden um, moving forward is to having a you know an intensive garden that's producing a lot but also using what we have and the chickens to help clear some of the land
1: and the pigs
0: the pigs you're still thinking pigs
1: at least two
0: at least two pigs so there's going to be new things that are going to be happening for us on our homestead we've never had pigs before i know that there's farmers nearby that have pigs that we can you know go chat to and see how to do some of this stuff which is kind of the nice thing about living rurally that you can you know ask some of these questions you know around and nearby um but, I mean, for for you, what are some of those top things and top priorities that we would need to consider for the homestead?
1: Uh, well, obviously, you know, we, we go with, like, that Maslow's hierarchy of needs, you know, food, water, shelter, mm-hmm. obviously. After that, security, you know. Um, are we going to be comfortable in our house? Mm-hmm. Is it going to be how many cords of wood do we need to survive a winter? Uh, how often are we going to need to burn the oil furnace? Yeah. So these are all questions that we won't know until the end of the winter. (laughs) So, yeah, this is probably going to be a learning experience for both of us. Uh, I grew up in southern Texas, and then I moved here to Utah. And, of course, Emma comes from England, the eastern coast of England. Mm
0: we have a friend from new jersey
1: <laughs> anyway um no i i give her I, I give her a lot of guff about it but that's cool that she she really fell in love with new jersey she fell in love with that east coast area and i understand why because it's it's very comfortable it's uh i mean considering the climate she came from it's a little bit warmer in the water in, mm. in the summertime sorry Um uh, it's a little bit colder in the winter time as far as snowfall and, and whatnot. But at
0: least we can snuggle by an open fire.
1: I wouldn't say it's an open fire. It's in a it's in a fireplace. That's not considered an open fire.
0: Okay. <laughs> but I mean, you know, one of the things that I wanted to really get from this episode and I wanted you guys as listening in to learn is, you know, a lot of these, you know, Priorities and goals. None of them are sexy. None of them are all that fun, really. And that—that's you know the the reality. I think of of moving. You know, from um, you know being comfortable in the suburbs and moving to something with property is. You know, you really do need to. You know, take a step back and and look at covering those you know, basic things that that we talked about before, you know, going hell for leather and diving into all the, you know, the fun activities, right? Of course, we've got, you know, things that are a little bit more fun for each of us, right, to to do moving forward.
1: Uh, I'm not going to say that some of it isn't fun for me because, you know, I I like working with my hands. But yeah, you know, some of the other things are are not fun, but I'm willing to do it because, you know what, what am I going to do?
0: You know, varieties that are going to be growing. There's going to be, you know, the upcoming, you know, chickens and pigs. Maybe a goat, maybe, you know, there's, there's the restoration of the barn and, you know, the restoration of the house, right? There's lots of things that are going to be moving forward. Um, but really, our priorities are very much focused on covering those basic needs.
1: Yeah, like uh, my observatory, that's going to be the very first priority that we have. I've oh got to rip off the roof of the barn, make room for my telescope, and then everything else just falls in line after that. Oh my
0: gosh, you're the worst. I am joking, by the way. He's not. I am. On that note... I hope that you found this episode helpful in um, some things to kind of consider when you know if you're looking at moving from the suburbs to a slightly larger property like you know what's the water system like when was it last tested things like your sewage system definitely need to look into that but also you know what are you know how does the land feel to you
1: Right, right. There's, there's more responsibility for living in that kind of uh, lifestyle because you have to be on top of maintenance. Mm-hmm. Maintenance is, is never ending, especially with a house that old. Yeah, that's true. So, you know, you're going to be continually shoring up this or drying out that or replacing this. So you have. don't go with the first piece of information you have research 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 yeah get about eight or nine different points of view I mean especially if you're pulling stuff off of YouTube because I can't tell you how many times I watch people do something and I'm like that's stupid why would you do it that way and then you watch another one and they're like oh yeah I totally understand why he's doing it
0: this yeah way. and we're probably the stupid people for other people too they're probably like that's a dumb way to do it like why are you doing that like you know you you're gonna find like the way that works for you but yeah i agree research 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 there's so much power in having knowledge and guess what it doesn't weigh anything exactly that's that's the best bit so anyway i hope that you found this episode helpful i would love to know from you guys what your goals for your homestead are so let me know over in the facebook group and until next time i hope your garden grows beautifully and i will see you all next week